0: This is District Sentinel Radio. It's that newscast of record. For the left, I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. And we're broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out our website. It's districtsentinel.com. We have the garbage can coming out the end of the show. Got some file follies the middle of the show. Some news to get to uh but first i won the
1: lottery oh i won like 10 million dollars dude really psych april fools Damn. april fools oh, oh you got you're me. so
0: owned you're so oh, owned shit you got me well i was i was about to ask you if you were going to share something with your boy ask you what you're even still doing with the podcast <laughs>
1: Yeah. I don't know if you'd ever hear from me again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, obviously.
1: I would I would let you know. I would kick you a few a few uh a few five digit sums there to, oh, that'd to be play tight. to play some soccer bets.
0: I'd do the same for you. I'd do the same Thank for you. you. I'd maybe consider six figures your Ooh. way if I want a hundred mil. <laughs> but uh we got each other's back yeah. in that case. But I, I can't believe you got me on April Fool's day totally I totally got you but really though
1: the real April fool is Donald Trump <laughs>
0: <laughs> Donald Trump indicted good luck making koffeffi in prison mango Mussolini <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh that that bronze hammer tweet no longer applies. It's it's reign well, of terror. It's seven year reign of terror. well, yeah, I guess we'll see. Could,
0: we'll see. We will see. Cause this still this still is a jam that can be wriggled out of. Um
1: I suppose, but I mean just based on the tenor and the and the volume of the meltdown that's already come from the right. I think a, a major threshold was definitely crossed here. And, I mean, like... Yes, for sure. It, okay, for sure. so he let's say he does wriggle out of it. How would that look? How could that look? That could look like him getting convicted and then wriggling out of it on appeal, after which he would have already, like, you know, been through the ringer. So... That's one scenario where he technically could wriggle out of it. But is it really wriggling out of it?
0: (laughs) Well, one thing he can't wriggle out of is that mugshot. We're going to probably get that mugshot on Tuesday, which is when the arraignment is when Trump's going to turn himself in. He's reportedly already getting special treatment and won't be handcuffed. Um, But we should get that mugshot. Will they get a McDonald's in jail?
1: <laughs> they'll just
0: be they'll just be a bunch of very solemn, sad NYPD officers leading them through the process, just being like, "Sir, sir, sir." Yes, yeah, sir. The, and, and there'll be like fifteen thousand other cops there, like standing
1: like they all do during a funeral, to try yes. to intimidate public officials who say that maybe cops shouldn't shoot a dude forty-one times for pulling out his wallet
0: uh did you see did you see meatball ron tweet out that uh Flo- the state of florida will not cooperate with any attempts to uh, to extradite trump to new york meatball ron is so out of its
1: is so out of his depth man like why are you running Why is he even, I guess he hasn't officially announced yet. And I'm starting to think he's going to back out of this because Trump is already like, this week he spent like what, $1.5 million on on a, a DeSantis attack ad and DeSantis hasn't even formally entered the race. And like, I get that you have to show the Republican base that you like Trump, right? Like he's very popular in the Republican Party. Like I get that. You have to um, somehow tiptoe around that issue if you're running against him. But you're running against him at the end of the day. Like it, It's your chance to say, like, yeah, I can do all the stuff Trump will do, but I'm not indicted. So maybe you should consider giving me a look. And instead, it's just all this righteous indignation about Alvin Bragg this, not going to cooperate that. And then 10 minutes later, Trump says he's going to turn himself in anyway. So there's not going to be an extradition. Yeah. So Ron DeSantis is just like, like he's, he's, you know, he's just sliding down a rocky gulch naked, like dick first. And
0: (laughs) it's It's so desperate. It was such a desperate tweet. Then everybody's just like, okay, Ron, shut up. Trump's already said he's going to turn himself in there will be no need to provoke a constitutional crisis as you threaten to do online and yeah it's just sad it's sad he's he is the jeb bush he is he's nazi jeb bush that's who ron DeSantis is he might even be worse than jeb bush he might be
1: scott walker
0: (laughs) you're right he's nazi scott walker
1: And I I say that as someone who, before the primary, is like, look out for Scott Walker. He's going to make a move in 2016. And I didn't say that because, like, I like the guy. I just because I thought he was the right kind of psycho for the Republicans. And they wanted a little more charismatic of a psycho.
0: Trump's been indicted. This process is going to play out for a long time, likely. He won't be in jail. I'm not sure what conditions he'll have to, like, live his life under under indictment. Um, But obviously no plans to abandon his campaign for the presidency. In fact, he's going to use this to raise money successfully even for his campaign. When he came out a few weeks ago and said he was about to be arrested, his polls shot up. Now, that could also be a combination of him attacking Ron DeSantis. But I don't see anyone overtaking him in the GOP primary process, even if he is under indictment. Now, that does also depend on a few other things. There are other possible indictments Trump could be facing, including uh, one out of Georgia, where he's accused of election tampering basically trying to get the secretary of state to change the results of the election there were those reports from that rather strange person who served on the grand jury who just started talking to the media saying oh yeah we we voted to uh, indict a bunch of people it's not rocket science to figure out who it is and Down in Georgia, that's ultimately will be up to the Fulton County District Attorney. And now that you've had the Manhattan DA do it, I could see that making it more likely that a Fulton County DA would also choose to indict to take some of the pressure off both of them um, in pursuing these charges. And you also have that special prosecutor investigation. Um, Now, previous special prosecutor DOJ investigations into Trump have produced nothing. Uh, at least in regards to Trump. Um, Here you have another one related to January 6th, which is moving along. You have the former vice president, Mike Pence, who is ordered to testify um, for the probe. So this could be the first of many indictments. And... You know, he might be able to wriggle his way out of the one in Manhattan. Maybe out of the one. Uh, I don't see him wriggling his way out of all three of them. And also winning a Republican primary. So it yeah. is very uncertain. I don't know. Maybe he could win out of prison. Like, I is that, that de- unheard of in this Republican Party for Trump to be able to win in prison? for him to the guy who came out initially saying he could shoot someone on fifth Avenue and not lose a voter. uh, You know, he could be charged with uh, insurrection or treason or whatever, (laughs) whatever the, uh, whatever the federal government is trying to brew up against him, uh, be indicted on it, tried convicted, go to jail and still win. Um so that scenario I, I th- is I say slightly between 0 and 5%. <laughs> 1 in I 5%, think, not 0. I think that um so I think
1: that no matter what happens with his legal issues his 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 legal problems I think he's like a shoe in for the Republican nomination. I think there's he, he's got it locked up meatball Ron should drop out putting Ron throwing the towel throwing the three fingers into the pudding you're out I also think that no matter what happens he's going to get thumped by Biden I just I don't I think that um he's got a hold on the Republican party who loves him because he's charismatic and you know he triggers the libs uh, you know, at this point, it seems like the libs trigger him <laughs> more than the other way around. And you know, I think that I don't like Biden. Um, I just I I you know, in 2020, we heard all this stuff about oh, this investigation, this impeachment, everything the liberals are doing is going to come back and it's going to make Trump stronger. Uh, and it didn't. It did not. And like. At some point, you have to assume he has hit his ceiling, right? Like, the how many people, how, like, how does this change people's opinions of Trump? And I would, I'm willing to wager that it intensifies them. Like, if you hated him before, you probably hate him more now, and you're having some fun with it. And if you loved him before, you love him even more now, and you're mad as hell. So, <sighs> I guess that's those are my two cents uh, on the political analysis is that um, the Republican Party is him now and it's peaked. And the only way he can win in 2024 is if there is some major uh, economic depression and or Biden is dumb enough to, you know, get involved in World War Three or start World War Three or whatever. So. Is it possible? Sure. But. Right now, it looks like Donnie is, uh, he, he's wriggled out of too many jams, and uh, he, there are not too many more he can wriggle out of.
0: Yeah. Uh, obviously, first uh, president to be indicted, former president to be indicted, and first dang Cheeto to be indicted. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Bank
1: regulators appeared before Congress this week to publicly testify on the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, both of which fell on March 10th with little warning. That is, unless you were a regulator and had, were privy to all the information that I'm about to read. And so here's a summary of some of the revelations that came out of the hearing. In November 2021, the Fed named a team of 20 supervisors whose only job it was was to oversee Silicon Valley Bank, or SVB, as it breached the $100 billion asset threshold. The agency, however, still did not use most of its enhanced supervision authorities, which it would have been forced to use for all banks with more than $50 billion in assets like SVB. That is until Congress watered down Dodd-Frank in 2018. Even then, without the uh, required enhanced supervision, the Fed still told SVB that the bank had to fix weaknesses in its risk management, but the guidance wasn't compulsory and the Fed did not make the advice public until after the collapse. Findings, by the way, include uh, an analysis last summer which concluded that SVB's risk management was deficient, which uh, for some reason, that did not merit enhanced supervision. Also, last November, the Fed found that SVB's interest rate risk models were, quote, not at all aligned with reality, to borrow the words of Fed Vice Chair of Supervision, Michael Barr, who also said that he personally wasn't briefed on problems with the bank until February, just a few weeks before the collapse. Barr also noted, quote, of the risk models, quote, the models suggested they earn more money when they were losing more money. So... In other words, regulators had all the information they needed well before March 10th, but the system failed. Or at least that's what the prevailing narrative is for now. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if the tone of the coverage changes in the near future, because at the House hearing, Rashida Tlaib reminded us that the easiest way to rob a bank is to own one.
3: You know, you kept saying over and over again that they weren't responding. Uh, if you had, you know, we we should have done something when we knew they weren't responding. I mean, what could have been done?
2: It's an it's an excellent point. I mean, I, I agree with you that you start with the basic problem that that bank, the bank managers mismanaged the bank. Did they
3: hide something from us? What did they 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 hid they hid all this from us? Do you believe they hid this intentionally from from the feds? Bonuses were paid out when when was the latt- last bonus paid out before they. As
2: I said, I'm still getting access to the. We know it, it was a couple
3: hours before, correct?
2: I've heard news reports about that, but I want to make so you sure you don't even that I get know when full. the bonuses
3: were paid out. You don't have that information for this committee right now.
2: I do not have that information. Was right it the now. day of? I, I I would like to respond to you fully and accurately, and I want to be careful to do that properly. I've heard news news reports about the timing, but I don't How come have. How the, the full news
3: knows, but we don't? Pardon me? How come the media and the news know, but we don't?
2: Um, How do you
3: not know this before our financial service? Because this is important.
2: I agree with, I, 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 have, I share your outrage about it. Now, this is not to say that this
1: misbe- this alleged misbehavior, this likely misbehavior uh, is totally separate from weak government oversight because Tlaib explained that this sort of embezzlement is a lot easier because regulators did not impose rules on executive compensation, which they were supposed to do because the rules were contained in the Dodd-Frank pat- bill that was passed 13 years ago.
3: Well, now you know everyone's saying, oh, we're gonna go ahead and introduce some clawback legislation to see. But, you know, Chair- Chairman Grubach, I asked the Fed Chair Powell about this. You know Section 956. It's been, what, 12, 13 years? When are we going to have a rulemaking on that? This is about excessive pay. This is about, I mean, this is something that Congress already considered. So how come it's over a decade that we don't have anything rulemaking? In 2016, there was a proposal. It wasn't great, but it was a really great start. It would have been instrumental here.
0: Yeah, no, I'm familiar with the rulemaking Congresswoman. I was strongly supportive of it. Oh, we didn't complete
2: it in time.
3: Why, why?
2: Well, I think there was a change of administrations and that may have had something to do with it. Every reason to come back to it now and complete that rulemaking.
0: And if I think you had that,
3: it today, what could you have done? With, well, in it this would, instance, it would because have I, us, I'm tired of being asked to pass things when it, it I feel like we already did. But it's it over given, 12 years that we don't actually have something again that we could have used as a tool. You, you guys know that there's some inappropriate decisions made up so they can do the bonuses
0: and, that's, and the payouts. And that's what we're going to. It's lose. clear
3: as day, and I don't know why my colleagues are not even talking about that. They're talking about you all not getting things Well, they didn't respond. How come nobody's mad at the bank for not responding?
1: Well, we'll probably get the chance to get mad at other banks in the near future. As numerous people during the hearing noted, banks, uh, the the whole banking industry is currently sitting on some $600 billion in unrealized losses on their investments, which of course means if they were to um, sell all these securities today... That would be $600 billion in losses overnight. So it's likely that the bottom will fall out again and that there will likely be more customer funds missing. So things have calmed down for now. This is likely far from over. Questions then will be how much is this theft? Like, how much is it actually just baked in, straight up baked into the commercial banking business model? Anyway, more uh, from the industry in a few minutes. Ooh, a
0: cliffhanger there. That's right. I watched some of these hearings, and you can really tell there's an incentive on the part of a lot of lawmakers, particularly senators, who want to push the narrative that this was just a misbehaving bank, that this was not uh, an oversight issue, like Mark Warner was out there saying, I, I want to know who did this. I want to get to the bottom of how this ha- how something like this could have happened. Meanwhile, he's one of the leading voices who voted for the deregulation bill in 2018.
1: Yeah, and they're 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 so slimy about it because they're they're relying on a technicality and you know, people not sort of picking up on on the subtlety here. But what so what they're saying is that S2155, uh, this dereg bill that the Fed still had all the same power that it did before. But what they don't say is that the Fed, the the legislation gave the Fed discretion as to when to use the power. Before it was bank gets bigger than $50 as Silicon Valley Bank did, as Signature Bank did very quickly, then boom, all these rules are just snapped in place. There's no discretion. And there's a very obvious reason why that happened, which is after 2008, everyone looked at the regulatory system and said, hang on, these guys are all friends with the fucking banks. They don't want to apply the rules, so let's make them. (laughs) And and now they're saying, well, they still had the power, so, you know, it's not on us, and it's on you. It is on you, Mark Warner. Yes. It is on you. It is on you and the banks. And we have regulations because we know bankers misbehave all the time,
0: like four centuries of it. And the banks didn't spend a shit ton of money just to just to have the Fed regulate them when they wanted to. They spent it because they knew the Fed wouldn't regulate them once this bill was passed. Of course. Anyway. In other news, the Department of Justice and the Environmental Protection Agency have sued Norfolk Southern. This is nice. following the uh, derailment outside East Palestine. <laughs> outside of East, I bit my tongue in the middle of that word. Ouch! Outside of uh, East Palestine, Ohio, uh, reading from the press release: "Quote the complaint seeks penalties and injunctive relief for the unlawful discharge of pollutants, oil, and hazardous substances under the Clean Water Act." and declaratory judgment on liability for past and future costs under the Comprehensive Environmental Response, Compensation, and Liability Act. Uh, Basically, they're going to try and make sure that Norfolk Southern pays for uh, everything, all the costs that have been accrued so far around East Palestine, cleanup, the payment for overtime of the crews, um, testing and ongoing testing that will be needed for years to come, Um, not just of water, but of the air and soil, um, any other sort of damages that residents, uh, have and in a pretty wide swath of area, there's also investigations into, uh, how Norfolk Southern proceeded immediately after the crash and its cleanup efforts, um, focusing more on getting the track up and moving rather than taking the right steps to, uh clean up the contaminants around the soil uh, around the track so these damages could get pretty pretty high Norfolk Southern could owe a lot but still no scenario in which uh any executive is going to have to pay anything uh financially or um be thrown in jail um And ultimately, Norfolk Southern is making more profits than it's made in ever. So whatever fines it'll have to pay, it'll probably be able to weather them pretty easily. Meanwhile, there's another uh, major derailment this week. This one in Minnesota uh, from train operator BNSF Um, that led to uh, an evacuation for several orders. Um, That was just lifted on Thursday.
1: Well, I will say that um, in theory, Norfolk Southern, uh, like these fines could reach a level where they're facing basically the corporate death penalty because it sounds like a lot of people are getting sick from this. And, you know, maybe they're not, time will tell. And uh, I'm just saying that the, potent, the potential ceiling for fines here could be pretty high. And in an ideal world, this would be a great place to start talking about nationalizing freight rail, especially in the context of this awful derailment in, in Minnesota and
0: in the context of
1: three of these happening every day.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to nationalize them rails. Uh Norfolk Southern I'm sure does have a bunch of insurance to cover some of this shit and mm. uh, just the way this works out usually companies aren't fined as much as that'll put them out of business but right
1: no yeah obviously um, I, you know I'm just I am guess I'm just trying to think of you know ideally what what could happen oh, yeah. what yeah. would happen
0: what should happen
1: What should happen? Back to finance. Credit Suisse is another bank that has been in the news recently because of its troubles. The company was teetering on the edge of bankruptcy earlier this month until rival UBS agreed to take it over. And that might not have come a moment too soon because Senate investigators said this week the bank is allegedly at the center of a tax evasion scheme or I guess I should say another one because the probe was launched by Democratic staffers on the Senate Finance Committee who are looking into the bank's compliance with a 2014 settlement with the Justice Department. Here are some key excerpts from the findings, quote, the committee's investigation identified major violations of Credit Suisse's plea agreement, including failing to report what may be an ongoing criminal tax conspiracy involving $100 million in secret offshore accounts belonging to a family of dual U.S.-Latin American citizens. The Credit Suisse accounts were closed in 2013, but the funds were transferred to other banks without notifying DOJ as required by the plea agreement. The committee also obtained voluminous records detailing the role Credit Suisse employees played in assisting U.S. businessman Dan Horsky in concealing over $220 million in offshore accounts. In both instances, Credit Suisse failed to disclose the accounts to DOJ after entering, entering into its plea agreement And only did so after whistleblowers notified U.S. authorities. The committee also found uh, two dozen, quote, potentially undeclared accounts belonging to high, ultra high net worth U.S. persons. And the bank disclosed to the committee last year that it found 10 more similar clients, each holding more than 20 million dollars. The bank also disclosed 13 more such clients days before the report was released. Uh, hey, guys, uh, just one more thing. Oh, yeah, just one more thing. These, these you know, sometimes things just turn up. Start cleaning out the closet and uh, the dust bunnies. There were more than you thought, you know, except, you know, in this case, the dust bunnies were accounts belonging to ultra-high net worth U.S. persons, each holding more than $20 million. <laughs> Investigators said that it is deeply concerning, quote, Credit Suisse is still disclosing hundreds of millions of dollars in secret offshore accounts belonging to wealthy U.S. taxpayers. Uh, They noted that whoever takes over the firm should have to pay any penalties if Credit Suisse is found to have violated its deal with the DOJ. So, you know, a rounding error for UBS.
0: Turning back to... Well, I guess we're staying in the Senate uh, in a way. Yeah. The Senate voted to repeal the Iraq authorization for use of military force. 21-year-old war authorization. Uh, This has been a process going on for a few weeks, at least in this session. Uh, Several years, if you count uh, how long lawmakers have been putting forward repeals that have been Voted down, in some cases approved, but then not taken up by the other chamber. Anyways, the Senate finished its work, uh, repealed the both the 2002 AUMF and the fucking 1991 AUMF that launched the uh, OG Iraq War. Uh, 18 Republicans joined with Democrats in the Senate vote. Now it's up to uh, the House to pass it. Uh, The House previously had passed this measure last session of Congress. Uh, That was when Democrats controlled it. Now, Kevin McCarthy controls the chamber. He does not approve of the legislation, but he did say he would allow the bill to go through the committee process and that there is a, quote, good chance it will make it to the floor. So
1: there's no chance. (sighs)
0: He's just trying to try to run the clock out on it,
1: right? He wants the committee to talk about it. It can move out of committee. It can move unanimously out of committee, um, and then he'll probably let it die on the floor. Although he's giving himself some wiggle room, uh, I think he he correctly assumes that foreign policy issues just, you know, they don't get the coverage uh, in part because you know major players in the media just aren't interested in critically covering U.S. foreign policy.
0: Well, neocons like Kevin McCarthy and Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz all want to strip themselves of any power to declare war. They want to keep this AUMF on the books because they want Biden or whoever the next president is to use it to go to war with Iran. And Trump already used the authorization to kill Qasem Soleimani back in 2020, and it could be stretched to justify uh, any military action against Iran out of the need to defend Iraq. Um, And you even saw Ted Cruz try to introduce an amendment to this repeal legislation that clarified that Biden still has the power to attack Iran without this war authorization by using presidential war powers under the constitution, um, which Trump is, which Biden is already doing. Like he's already doing this shit. He's bombing Syria. He's bombing uh so-called Iranian backed militias in Syria using his article Two war powers in the constitution, which is just a fucking joke. I mean, if, there, there are no there are no war powers in the Constitution that give the president the authority to just start bombing places around the world without the explicit approval of Congress. Um, but Congress hasn't exerted any real authority on this matter. So it's now just been settled law, I guess, that the president can bomb Syria, can bomb Iran because he's the commander in chief. Yeah, what a, what a fantastic political system. Yeah. Uh, in uh, slightly better foreign affairs news, uh, Democrats are circulating a letter to investigate weapon shipments to Israel. It's a letter signed by uh, or written by Jamal Bowman. Uh, Bernie Sanders has signed on to it. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, uh, several other lawmakers have signed on to this. Um, this is probably the first real effort there is to uh, investigate weapon shipments to Israel is violating U.S. arms export controls because those weapons are being used to commit human rights abuses against Palestinians.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the there's no chance of Congress denying arms to Israel. Um, if anything, they'll probably increase the amount... <laughs> Yeah. That the US gives to Israel but it, it it is a sign of the of of shifting winds and
0: um yeah i just i hope the winds aren't shifting too slowly yeah and uh one final story here this is a interesting tidbit coming out of the proud boys sedition trial this is uh five members of the hate group that are on trial for um their role in January 6th FBI informants are testifying on behalf of the defense in this case actually four of them Uh, one of them testified that his handlers at the bureau didn't want to know anything about what the proud boys were up to heading into January 6th Uh, they only wanted information on Antifa uh, from huh From the Washington Post, quote, the evidence shown in court indicates that many of the FBI sources inside the Proud Boys were asked only about their ideological opponents on the left, even as the right wing group was implicated in threats and violence at protests across the United States. Aaron, that's the name of this uh, informant who testified, uh, said that the FBI never asked him to look for information about the Proud Boys. When he informed his handler he was coming to D.C. for the protest, he was asked only to try to see if I could locate someone in D.C. that had nothing to do with the Proud Boys, Aaron testified. Uh, Well, this is pretty weird. (laughs) So basically, the FBI had a bunch of informants among the Proud Boys who they were using to try to gain intelligence on Antifa which is less uh, informant work and more just allyship with <laughs> uh, right-wing hate groups to go after Antifa.
1: You know, I uh, my, my reaction to this story is that how does the defense think this helps them? I mean, it, it, it certainly paints the FBI in, in a bad light. It confirms suspicions of people on the left, uh, you know, for years and years and years. How does this help their case? So they were so they they were so fucking that they were so bad that they had FBI informants on them. And though those informants didn't do anything to stop them, that their actions were eventually so bad that
0: the Bureau couldn't ignore them. Well, I think that the entire defense rests on this idea that. It wasn't pre-planned. Like these Proud Boys can't can't claim they weren't at the Capitol that they didn't you know breach the <laughs> breach the Capitol because there's evidence that they were there. The question is, uh, was there a plan beforehand, a criminal conspiracy to do this, or were they just sort of taken up into the environment? And the defense is calling these informants to make the case that. Look, the FBI had a bunch of eyes onto them the whole time, and they didn't care what was going on heading into January 6th. So there couldn't have been any pre planning. The FBI, uh, you know, would have known about it, and they didn't, or they didn't care. They wanted to just know about Antifa. Now, the FBI is, or the government is uh, noting that this guy, Aaron, who testified on behalf of the defense, um, sort of, Uh, I guess, went beyond his his leash and actually participated in the riot and held the door open for uh, fellow Proud Boys um, and deleted evidence off his phone and other things like that. I, I mean, it's just a really messed up situation on the part of the FBI that they can't control their informants, which has been known about for a long time. Um, Which we we will actually be
1: talking about again just shortly in the uh, in the file fall. Yes, yes,
0: exactly. I mean, um, this has been a a favorite topic of the Sentinel boys going back years is uh, FBI losing its informants and people fucking getting killed as a result. Um, Google
1: Tamerlan Sarnia. Yeah, yes. FBI informant. Don't just Google Tamerlan because then you're just going to get the stuff they want you to see. Gotta got Google Tamerlin Sarnayev uh, Michelle McPhee or Tamerlin Sarnayev, yes. FBI informant.
0: Yeah. Just to just to wrap this up, you know, the question, how does something like January sixth happen? And there are your answers. It was obvious to people like us who were watching, who are just online seeing what people were saying, um, that the right wasn't taking Trump's election lost very well, and Trump was calling people to D.C. and people were saying they're going to come storm the fucking Capitol Uh, to the agencies that were supposed to, quote unquote, defend the Capitol that day. um, They clearly didn't care because they were more focused on left wing groups, because by nature, that's how law enforcement operates in this country with a bias against the left. Uh, because when most of these cops are off duty, they participate in a lot of these right wing protests. They would have been at January 6th. A lot of cops yeah. were at January 6th.
1: Yeah, I, I just think it's funny that the defense is like making this argument that they're not actually like it doesn't actually hold any water. And they're like, well, would our noble law enforcement just let this happen? Would they just let a bunch of right wing paramilitaries just run <laughs> rampant? You know, like, and the answer is fucking open a book, dog. (laughs) Uh. Move on to file follies here.
0: Yeah, let's do the file follies.
1: All right. We've already teased it a little bit. Uh, This is from a story from last March uh, on a deadly limousine crash in 2018 that killed a staggering 20 people crash happened in upstate New York and involved a company with a track record of failing state safety inspections, but was allowed to operate, victims' families suspect, because it was run by a notorious FBI informant. Shahed Hussein had helped federal law enforcement prosecute several high-profile terror cases after 9-11, which are mostly remembered for how fucked up they were. Hussein entrapped at least half a dozen men who pose zero danger to the public outside of fake plots concocted by the FBI and its star snitch. If you'd like a full refresher, go back and listen to our show from March 12, 2022. Our initial request was based off the fact that lawmakers from New York had pushed the Bureau for details. Republican Elise Stefanik grilled FBI Director Christopher Wray during an oversight hearing, for example, But our request was about the correspondence between the Bureau and Democrat Paul Tonko, who pushed the feds in writing to answer questions on the affair, only to be told to kick rocks. The Bureau said on February 18th, 2022, according to the Albany Times Union, that the agency, quote, does not comment on, confirm, or deny the existence of current or past relationships with confidential human sources. Well, It turns out that the Bureau decided to send a supplemental letter to Tonko, which it released to us. The agency didn't release its February 18th response for some reason. I'll let you draw your own conclusions. The supplemental letter came in April, weeks after Stefanik railed at Ray, prompting people, including us, among many others, to ask questions. this is what the supplemental letter stated. Dear Representative Tonko, This further responds to your letter dated January 31st, 2022, to the FBI regarding a tragic limousine crash that occurred on October 6th, 2018 in Skoharie, New York. This supplements our prior correspondence dated February 18th, 2022. The FBI shares your concerns about this tragic limousine crash that claimed the lives of 20 people. In recent months, concerns have been raised about this incident and whether there was any FBI involvement in the investigation. As a result, the director ordered that the FBI further review the matter. A review was promptly commenced by the Inspection Division and is ongoing. Therefore, the FBI is not in a position to provide further information at this time. Um, So we couldn't tell you about the snitch-involved limo massacre because of an important ongoing investigation, uh, which for some reason we couldn't tell you about last time. Uh, Here's a supplemental letter, though, Uh, so you're welcome for that here's a form letter written by an intern <laughs> written by chat GPT or whatever I guess they do admit in the letter oh in recent months concerns have been raised passive voice Tonka was one of the people who raised the concerns yes it is interesting they respond pretty quickly when a when a Republican snapped at them and you know credit to Elise Stefanik for um, following up on this, I, I think she's awful in a lot of ways, but you know, I guess this is one of those—you know—all politics are local issues, and this this was a horrific tragedy that affected a lot of her constituents, and uh, so she's she's trying to find out about it, um, and she's getting results that apparently a Democrat couldn't get. <laughs> so, if you're thinking that this investigation is a sham, You're actually wrong, but your head and heart are in the right place with a healthy level of mistrust for the FBI. But the first of multiple briefings took place on Capitol Hill this week. Rep Stefanik called it, quote, a first step in the right direction. And she had this to say of the content of the briefing, quote, I have serious concerns about the FBI's confidential human source program standard operating procedures in this case. She called for the FBI to brief victims' families alongside Congressman Tonko, uh, who said the following, per Spectrum News, after initially refusing to comment on my multiple inquiries, the FBI finally announced an investigation into the crash in April of uh, blah, 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 blah. Despite this pledge, they remain silent and have dragged their feet on delivering crucial information and insights into their review. These families have waited years for answers. They need justice. So um, it, it does sound like more details will trickle out in the future, and it looks like we're getting kind of a rare glimpse here into the FBI's sprawling informant program, and uh, I wouldn't keep my hopes up in terms of reining this in, but maybe it will.
0: You know? I mean, maybe a little bit?
1: Eh, don't get your hopes up. (laughs)
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Elise Stefanik's a huge piece of shit, but if she, because of local political reasons, is going to go after the FBI's informant program and uncover a bunch of dirt, good. Let her do it. I'm not going to get in her way to do it. I'm also not going to fetishize this idea that, like, there's this new alliance building between the right and the left on these issues that we can work together on. No, that's their job. They're lawmakers. Go do their job. Do oversight the way they're fucking supposed to do oversight uh yeah that's my thoughts on it
1: no yeah i, I mean to be clear this is this is a, a local issue right i like, just am, elite- am
0: imagining a glenn greenwald tweet being like at least stefanik leading the way on uncovering <laughs> the fbi informant program the new right is rising up where the liberals love their fbi informants <laughs> Sorry, we a little no, too no, online no, you, there. About to yeah, get online in the garbage can segment too. Go ahead, well, wrap maybe, this
1: up. You know, discourse, discourse is uh, it's not nothing. So, got got to think about the uh, discourse. And um, yeah, y- you you don't have to hand it to her.
0: All right, interns, bring out that garbage can. Whew. Ooh, man. Ooh. Oh dear! I, um, you know, I've I've been eating some egg salad sandwiches lately, Sam. And uh, are you a
1: fan? Do You not like egg no. salad? No! No! Yeah. Oh,
0: that's what that is! Oh my yeah, god! Well, yeah, that's that is what that is. Um, not only that, like I uh, big fan of egg salad sandwiches over here. I don't make them often because it's kind of a pain in the ass to make them because you have to boil the eggs. Then you have to cool the eggs. Um, yeah. So, you know, you got to plan it ahead, you know, like a day ahead oh, yeah. to make it. And then you got to chop everything up, mix it all, get it in a bowl. And then you really only want like one nice egg salad sandwich. You always make more than you need. What are you going to do with the rest of the egg salad? Um, so, what I have been doing is getting those pre packaged hard boiled eggs from the grocery store that Ooh. are in this like. <laughs> They're in this, like, solution. And uh, so I busted those out the other day to uh, chop one of them up to make some egg salad. And, like, the yolk was, like, gray. It was really fucking gross. So they looked like they had been spoiled. So I, I put them in the garbage can. I didn't make my egg salad sandwich. I just put them in the garbage can.
1: Wow. It's even worse than a normal
0: egg salad. Yeah, it's it's pretty nasty. It's pretty nasty. Okay, that's good. Right there in turns. Garbage candidate number one, online Trump (laughs) cocks. There's so many of them. We could be uh, gone over this all night. Um, But I picked out three of them. Uh, First- We had mentioned J.D. Vance earlier. You were starting to describe the uh, the tweet here, but I'll just I'll just note what he said uh, in response to Trump being indicted. Quote: A week ago, a video circulated of a lunatic harassing a family on a New York subway. He hurled racial slurs (parentheses the family was white) and threatened them. Alvin Bragg thinks that that man should walk free and Donald Trump should go to jail for a fake misdemeanor. It's despicable. When will
1: Alvin Bragg uh, crack down on the epidemic of a black person being mean to me?
0: (laughs) So uh, So funny. It's so funny that J.D. Vance had to put the parenthetical that the family was white because naturally, I mean, when you hear of a story of someone hurling racial slurs, you obviously think that it's anti-black racism um, JD Vance's audience would be immediately offended by any story about anti black racism. So he yeah. had to make it clear to his audience, yeah. no, 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 guys. Whoa, calm down. We're talking about the only kind of racism that exists, the kind against white people. That's right. This man said the C word cracker. <laughs> um, Alvin Bragg, uh, black uh, himself, JD Vance knows exactly what he's doing with this tweet, which is nudging kicking the ball along toward a race war down at the end of the field
1: yeah i mean yes like he he always says this shit yeah and he's always you know there were times when he was running where you'd talk about like he was always trying to link fentanyl overdoses to immigrants and stuff and uh yeah i mean it says more, you know, it, it I guess it sums it all up that he was reported to have once compared Trump to Hitler uh, and now loves Trump. Yeah, He's just all in on the Hitler shit, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of racist, Benny Johnson tweeted afterward, Trump just won the black vote. How? How, Benny? Please explain Expl- your joke, <laughs> Benny. Explain yeah. Explain how. the joke a little bit. Where are you going with that? Uh, Finally, this one, perhaps the most pathetic of all, just because it's so fucking stupid. Matt Taibbi, who uh, claims he's not a conservative. He's an independent, but will never vote for liberals anymore in his life, (laughs) he said. Uh, Taibbi tweeting, quote, if presidents think they will be chased into jail under thin pretexts as ex-presidents, they'll try even harder to never leave office. This is how autocracies are born uh, donald trump
1: a guy famous for easily leaving office he, he just was all about that peaceful transition now i'm not so sure <sighs> Tybee, hi Ty, man like like you said earlier i if someone says they're never gonna vote for a democrat again fine i understand totally okay i get that If they're asked the same question about a Republican, they say, I'm not sure. They're voting for the Republican. Yes. It's just how it is. And,
0: you know, even if he's not, he wants his fans to think
1: that because he's just a right wing hack
0: now. Garbage candidate number two, Howard Schultz, former Starbucks CEO, testified before the Senate this week a long anticipated Senate hearing, his appearance before Senator Bernie Sanders' HELP Committee, the Health, Education, Labor and Pension Committee. And uh, during the hearing, Schultz claimed that Starbucks has never broken the law. That's despite the National Labor Relations Board issuing almost 100 complaints, documenting about 1,400 instances in which the company did break labor law. So at one point, Howard Schultz got really offended and claimed that uh, being referred to as a billionaire was an unfair moniker. Then he went on that whiny billionaire speech of I came from nothing. I earned my billion dollars.
1: Excuse me, sir. I don't like that term. We prefer to call ourselves wealth accumulated Americans.
0: We should also throw Mark Wayne Mullen in uh, alongside Howard Schultz who ran to Schultz's defense and did his other screed again where he's like, I'm not anti-union. And then he goes on to shit on all unions and he attacked Bernie Sanders for being a millionaire Just like Howard Schultz, uh, even though they're not even in the same level of of wealth. And unlike Howard Schultz, Bernie Sanders uh, did not accumulate his money through exploiting labor. Uh, He sold a book. He also
1: let his uh, or didn't let he didn't fight his campaign staff unionizing. No. Famously in 2022, 2020, excuse me, Um so there's that. I guess an honorable mention too to uh, to Mitt Romney, who <laughs> tweeted a defense of Howard Schultz uh, and he tried to do this uh, insufferable Republican thing where he said, I support unions, but they're only good for bad employers. And of course, employers should have the choice of whether or not their employees form unions, which, Of course, like totally fucking like if that were the standard there and it used to be (laughs) there would be no unions at all, because what employer would ever say, go ahead and unionize other than Bernie Sanders?
0: Well, somewhere on Earth, Two, where Hillary Clinton is well into her second term as president and all the liberals are back to brunch. Howard Schultz is the labor secretary using the full force of the state. Not just uh, his connections at Starbucks to crush this union campaign.
1: yeah, that, that his his uh, appearance convinced me more than ever that if Hillary had won in 2016, it would be Trump's first term now and we'd probably be looking at a second term in
0: 2024. Yeah. Schultz was just so indignant and he was a piece of shit. Garbage candidate number three, Judge Reed O'Connell federal judge out of North Texas issued a ruling that could strip preventative health care from like half the country. Uh, It was a portion of the Affordable Care Act that requires insurance providers to cover a whole range of preventative treatments, um, like screenings for cancer, diabetes, uh, depression, uh, various uh, uh, HIV preventative treatments. Uh, O'Connell Claims in his ruling that the task force, which recommends what treatments should be included in insurance plans, it's a task force of experts, healthcare experts. Uh, he claimed that uh, this this panel is unconstitutional um, because it was not uh, appointed by the president or confirmed by the Senate. So, therefore, all its recommendations are unconstitutional. Uh, therefore, the entire provision is unconstitutional. Uh, the ruling is immediate and nationwide. Uh, now, a lot of people are shielded because they're on year long insurance plans. Um, other people, though, their insurance provider could just decide to stop covering uh, mammograms tomorrow. Ooh.
1: All right. All right. USA. USA. Woo. <laughs>
0: uh. here's some more uh reasons to believe in our country garbage can number four missouri republicans who uh in the uh, state house just voted to defund libraries in the state they are mad that libraries came together to uh sue against a law passed um out of the missouri legislature that uh removes books certain books from schools so uh, now Republicans have moved to just defund the libraries in the state.
1: Ah, but, you know, it's it's not an anti-free speech thing because they're voting <laughs> to defund all libraries, right?
0: <laughs> Garbage cannon number five, Joanne Segovia. Who? Well, she's the executive director of the San Jose Police Officers Association, basically the uh, boss at the police union. But she's on leave now because she got busted importing a bunch of drugs. What? A cop? (laughs) Shocking. At least 61 shipments containing drugs worth thousands of dollars coming from countries including Hong Kong, Hungary, India, Singapore were shipped to Segovia's home. Uh, This operation was going on from October 2015 all the way until January this year. Shipments included fentanyl. Um, Funny thing is... In the indictment, uh, some of the evidence here, Segovia didn't know how to take screenshots of payment confirmations on her computer when she paid for this, uh, these drug shipments. So what she would do is she would use her phone to take a picture of the computer screen. And in that picture, her business cards showing her as executive director of the San Jose Police Officers Association were right there visible in the photo. With the receipt on her computer, buying all these drugs.
1: If I'm not mistaken, it's worse than that because she used the uh, police officers associate associations, UPS account (laughs) to have the drug ship.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Like the fact that this could continue for so long, makes me think that there was a lot of complicity in it for years.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously this goes you, you, the mind goes right back to Iran Contra, <laughs> although in this case, it's not clear, like what the ideological motivation is. It it, it might just be, uh, you know, pure, unfettered greed. Uh, I will say this, though. Congrats to Joanne Segovia on being the first cop who isn't afraid to
0: touch fentanyl. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, Garbage Cannon number six. It's Elon Musk taking away your boy's blue checky here. Um, and I don't care about the blue check mark. I don't even care that much about Twitter anymore because site is, the site is dead. And we're all having some fun on it with Trump getting indicted. Probably one of the... Probably the second funniest day on, on Twitter since he got COVID. But there were also especially during the sh- after the shooting on Nashville in Nashville, just the amount of trans hate and lies that were put on the website to try to provoke more violence against trans people now that there is no real verification system for uh, individuals and organizations and outlets um, you're gonna basically have, Uh, scammers, Musk fanboys, just the scummiest right-wing trolls buying verification, posing as people, and just sowing chaos on the website. And they're also going to be promoted. Those are the people whose tweets we're going to see most often. And, you know, Trump or Musk has already said that unless you Sign up for verification. Your tweets won't be boosted on the For You tab. You won't be able to participate in polls. You know it's gonna keep getting throttled. This is just the start of throttling. You're gonna probably have a smaller character limit. You'll have a limit on tweets, a limit in your DMs, all these things to where this is it. Like, the website's dead. Enjoy it while it lasts. There's still some enjoyment to be wringed out of it, I'm sure. But this website is dying very fast. And it's just the math, too. Like, Elon bought the website for $44 billion. Within months, it was worth half that. Uh, He's billions of dollars in debt just in what it's going to cost to service the debt on uh, the loan he took out to buy Twitter. And if he thinks that there's enough money in subscriptions to get him out of this hole, He's delusional. He's delusional. Already outlets are saying they're not going to pay the subscription fee. You're not going to be able to cover it. This website's going to go out of fucking business. LeBron said he's not going to
1: pay the fee. I'm not paying the fee. Yeah, (laughs) why would you? I mean, like, people were like, oh, LeBron, like, you can't afford it. Like, fuck that. It's a matter of principle. Well, it
0: also sucks for organizations like Means TV that rely on posting a lot of video. On yeah. to Twitter that they're gonna lose the ability to do that unless they pay oh, Musk they're just not gonna do that. Fuck that. You know? Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Insta <laughs> Dog, we need
1: we need to get uh we need to get Nick to start means Twitter.
0: I'm <laughs> no kidding. That would not work.
1: We just need everyone to migrate. Just pick a new website. Just pick, It doesn't matter which one. But we also just need
0: all one. the freaks and losers to migrate there, too, because they yes. help fuel the content engine, you know? Yeah. All right. Who's going in the garbage can?
1: Um, I'm kind of leaning toward either Howard Schultz or Missouri Republicans. Um,
0: Let's throw Howard Schultz in. I'm not sure if we've done that. All right. That's well do it. deserving. Howard, Howard Schultz, Schultz, you are going in the garbage can.
1: Uh, enjoy the egg salad,
0: Howard. A lot, That's... Of, a lot of old coffee grounds in there. I hope they're comfortable. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your support. We couldn't do it without you. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We're here in DC, so you don't have to be.